Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. As we've been going through this whole series of looking at how God, with skin on Jesus, encounters people, we've been learning how he wants to encounter us. And one of the areas that has struck me the most is this thing. I think every single one of us, I mean, you're here for heaven's sakes, if Jesus, if God with skin on were to walk by, you would follow him. At least you hope so, right? But here's the reality. God with skin on walked the earth 2,000 years ago in Galilee, in Judah, where they'd been waiting for him for a thousand some years, and they still didn't follow him. I don't want to miss him. Part of what Masha led us in, that whole thing, I want, don't want to miss him, because I'm convinced he's everything I want. Everything I need is in him, right? Everything. And yet, how often, like Masha said, we choose something else rather than him, thinking it will meet our need, it will satisfy, it will, it will be what we want until we realize it doesn't and then we come back, right? No? You three of us? Okay, great. Good to know. All right, so here's the deal is I'm, we're going to be looking today at the people who followed him and who didn't, all right? We're going to try to figure out how you end up following him, okay? So I want, my goal in this is to create some questions in our hearts, Okay? So why do we want to have questions? Yeah, if you don't have questions, you don't get any answers. Anybody know somebody in your life who's a know-it-all and can't find their way out of a paper bag? It's interesting. Usually know-it-alls have no common sense. We'll just leave that right there. You want to know useless knowledge? I'm your man. I am actually, but that's another story. All right. Okay. So what we're going to do is we'll start out, right? Who are are the, when we think of disciples following Jesus, who are the first people who pop into our heads? Peter, uh, Peter and, uh, and Andrew and James and John, right? Two brothers following Jesus. Two pairs of brothers following. Anybody here find it hard to believe that you would be following Jesus with your brother? 24-7 for three years. There's a reason why I left home. You know, I love it. Andrew, as soon as he realized, Jesus goes and tells Peter, if it had been my brother and I, it would have been, I found him first, right? But it's fascinating to me that even though they had to take their brothers, they went. Another one I love is, um, you know, Philip. You guys remember Philip? I love how The Chosen shows it. But, you know, Philip, his buddy comes to him, and his first response to Jesus being the Messiah, he's like, dude, can anything good come from there? What if what we need is in the person we least value or like? Anyway, so... Philip, though, says, you know what? No problem. When Jesus shows up and does one little word of knowledge, he's like, you're the Messiah. And he's like, dude, whoa, easy, tiger. I'll show you. You'll see much greater things than that. 
So, so over here we have on the, uh, let's say, we'll call it the follow list, we get, uh, you know, uh, Peter, and we get Andrew, and we get James, and John, and then we get Philip. You know, another one, I don't actually have this up here, but if you look in Luke chapter 8, there's a great list of people who followed him. Um, bah, 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 bah. It said, it said, you know, the 12 were with him, right? We know about them. But then it says, Mary called Magdalene. By the way, Magdalene, Magdala was the bad part of town. It was the Jews who messed around with the, uh, the Romans. And, uh, you know, that, when they say Magdalene, they use, it's kind of like um, derogatory, yeah. Uh, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, who was a Chusa. Um, let's see, so we got Mary and we got Joanna. Um, who was Chusa, I wonder? Oh, here it says, the manager of King Herod's household. In other words, so he was like the COO of, for a king. Wow. So she was a rich lady, powerful lady, well-connected. And then Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their means. So they followed Jesus. Where, where, where did Jesus go? To the slums. He went to, he went to the neighborhoods. He went to the synagogues. And then he went out in the desert. In the wilderness. I, I can imagine the thought on Joanna's face when he's like, we're going out there. She's like, we are? Do they have Wi-Fi? I can't get any bars, right? You know what? Joanna, even though she was wealthy, even though she was well-connected, even though she had power and prestige, she was willing to follow and pro follow right next to Mary Magdalene. Girl, <laughs> mm. different class, probably a prostitute former. Ooh, interesting. Just thinking, thoughts inside my head. Oh, another person who he called, right? You guys remember that? Matthew. Let's go ahead and flip there if we could. Matthew chapter, uh, Mark chapter 2. I, I know we're talking about Matthew, but it's in Mark. We want to look. Mark chapter 2. All right, verse 14. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake, and a large crowd came to him and began to teach them. And he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. In other words, in the place of his greatest shame. Literally, people would spit on him in this booth. This is the place. Everybody saw him as a sellout to the powers that be. He was like, he said, and Jesus said, follow me. Now, here's the question. Was Matthew hearing Jesus preach a sermon? No, because he was at his tax collecting booth. What did Jesus say to him? Follow me. Anybody here when God tells you to do something, you ask for a little more information? Follow me is enough for Matthew. Matthew makes the cut. Love it. All right. Well, let's keep going. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, Matthew, he goes, uh, uh, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And when, there, 
were many, uh, when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Let me back up. Eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him, many following him. He says, why do they eat with tax collectors and sinners? And he said, on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So from this, I'm going to say it's the sick and the sinners who follow Jesus. Those who don't. The righteous and the healthy don't follow Jesus. All right. Well, Let's keep going. Let's see what else we can find, what other trouble we can get into. If you'll flip over to Luke chapter 8, we have three guys in a row who, tried to, who Jesus calls to follow him. I submit that Jesus asked a lot of people to follow him. Anybody here, Jesus asked you several times to follow before you actually followed him for the first time? <laughs> Some of you, he had to re-up with several times. <laughs> Remember how I asked you to follow me? Oh, yeah. All right. Verse 57 of chapter uh, 9 in Luke. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Anybody said that? <laughs> yeah. And Jesus replied, have you ever noticed Jesus' replies never seem to line up? Except they go straight to the heart of the matter. Foxes have dens. Where is this going? Birds have nests. Ah, uh, yeah, I was aware of that. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. What do you think he's saying to this guy? J take a guess. Let it, all go. let it all go? What has he got to let go of? Comfort. 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 Okay, ladies, who here, you read the reviews before you get, get that hotel room. <laughs> Bed bugs. Uh, no, right? Like, uh, so I was just curious, Jesus, are we, is this like a four-star or five-star tour we're doing? Like, like, is this going to be air-conditioned comfort in the tour bus? There's no tour bus. Woo! So Uber them. We're walking. Mm, okay. Yeah, but where are we spending the night? Ah, on the ground. No guarantee. Oh, who here, when Jesus says go, you want to see the list of guarantees? <laughs> no guarantees. Uncomfortable. So comfort's over here. And so are guarantees. Can never tell if I spell that word right. It always looks wrong to me, but then moving on. All right, let's try another one. He then said to another man, follow me. I'm starting to see a theme. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Isn't that a weird phrase? It seems odd, but let me put some context. What he was really saying is, when, when my daddy's dead, I'll follow you. Why do you think he was waiting till his, was he trying to kill his dad? Like, why was he waiting till his dad died? He wanted, his he wanted his inheritance, had a little money, traveling money. What? Comfort, his 
What's that? Not right away. Not right away. Not, I, I, I eventually. Comfort, right? He, he, there's a lot of things. Who here you will follow if you have people's approval? Is it Instagrammable? Ah, so over here we have approval. We have, let's see, uh, what else did we say? We said, um, huh? Money, 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 money. Yeah, yeah. I need a little, how much spending money do I need, right? Let's try another one. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Seems reasonable. Mothers, you're like, you better. Right? When Jesus said, no one puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. What does that even mean? I, I love something that I heard a long time ago. An idol is anything you have to check with before you say yes to Jesus. Mama? Daddy? Honey? Well, that's just being a good wife, good husband. I promise you, if you follow Jesus, he will lead you in ways that the people closest to you won't like. At some point, preferably not all the time. No, but the reality is, is I have watched this time and time again. I will say this, every married couple is unequally yoked in some way, shape, or form, and in different spheres. Different, and what I found is usually both sides have over, uh, over uh, how should I say, um, enlarged sense of their spirituality. <laughs> more spirit, I'm more spiritual than you, but there are just different ways that each men and women are, are spiritual. And in families, and we judge one another, and Jesus says, what is that to you? You follow me. Oh God, I, could, I would follow you, but no, you follow me. Anybody you want to follow if the people around you will understand it and approve, right? No? Man, it's getting quiet in here. <laughs> we'll eventually get somewhere where you can follow. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. All right. Well, let's just keep rolling. Let's jump back to Mark chapter 10. As they were walking along a road... Oh, wait, I, wrong, wrong, I can't, why did I go there? Oh, because my, my thing was there. There we go, Mark. Verse 17, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We know from the other gospels, this is a rich young ruler. In synagogues, they had a guy who was the president of the synagogue. He was the wealthy one. He was the powerful one. Hence, he was the wealthy one. He was in charge, right? He paid the bills. He was the guy everybody looked up to, but he's a rich young ruler. So he's from a, a wealthy family, doing well for himself, prestige, all that good stuff. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Right? Why? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? Said so no one is good except God alone. What is this guy? Well, he says, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. 
Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Remember how he said, don't call me good? What is he trying to be? A good boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Oh, wow. Why, why do you... So what, what is the man saying? He said, I'm doing all the right things and it's not enough. Anybody? I'm doing the right things. Who here views Who here views following Jesus like one of those old ladies at a casino with a box full of quarters? I'm obeying, I'm obeying, I'm obeying, and sooner or later I'm going to hit the jackpot. Well, I just got awkward. Do you understand what I'm obeying you so good stuff happens. I'm obeying you so it will resolve what's in me. I'll obey you so it will make this a conditions. I am doing this. But Jesus loves him. Why? Because the guy isn't satisfied. You know what? He loves when we're not satisfied. He loves when we're hungry, when we're saying it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not working. Why? Because he can't help the people who are comfortable. He can't help the people who've got guarantees and approval and money. He can't help. He can only help the hungry, the desperate. He said, Jesus looked at him and said, oh, oh, great news, great news. You only like one more thing. Oh, yay, only one more quarter. Come on, tell me the quarter. Oh, this will be great. One thing you lack, go sell everything. Does that word everything mean the same? Yes, it means the same word. You have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. I think if you've heard that a bunch of times, it doesn't have the same appeal. What? Are you insane? Why is he, why do you think he's saying that to this young man? He probably has a lot. Well, you have a lot. What about you? Why is he saying this to this young man? Why do you think? The young man is trusting in his money? What else? It's an idol? Come on. A test? To challenge him to let go of his attachment to money? Come on. Challenge to let go of his attachment to money? Does his money have him? Boom. Does his money have him? I think it's because Jesus realized it was a boa constrictor around his neck. Do you know one man or woman can have... Have you ever looked at somebody and they've got way more stuff than you, but they seem less concerned with it? (laughs) And you and I got like three pennies. They're like, ah! (laughs) Right? He knows what enslaves you. Have you ever looked at somebody and God says, I don't want you to do that. And then they're, what about them? They're doing that. What is that to you? You follow me. What is that to you? (laughs) Listen, listen. Don't compare. Don't compare the life contract your neighbor has with Jesus to yours. Don't compare the, 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 uh, what do you want to say it? The, um. The terms and conditions or the, or the benefits package your neighbor has. I remember, I remember at one point I was complaining to the Lord. 
just one point. It never happened again. Um, I was complaining to the Lord about our lack of money. This was years ago. And, uh, and, and uh, I, I don't even know if we started a church or whatever. And I was complaining to the Lord we didn't have enough money. And we didn't. We honestly didn't. We, had 28, we got $28,000 a year from my job. And, and it took $35,000 just to keep the lights on. You know what I mean? Anybody been there? You know? And somehow we weren't going into debt. That was miraculous, but my heart was not doing well. And I was like, Jesus! And then I remember there's Heidi Baker, and she's got, you know, millions of dollars every day feeding orphans, doing this and the other. And Jesus, and I was like, Jesus, you're so good to hurry. She's getting it. Just a little bit of that would go a long way over here, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, is that a little too real? Anyway, and, uh, and Jesus goes, oh, Peter. $35,000 a year is killing you. If you had a $6 million budget, what would that do to you? It would kill you. It would destroy you. He's like, you can't survive at the $35,000 level. Forget about the $6 million level, right? Jesus knows our limits, but he also knows what's got us by the throat. And the most dangerous things you and I can do is when Jesus says, give me that, give me that. What Masha was talking about. Give me that. Gee, I, I also imagine, you know, he was rich young ruler. He probably wanted to follow Jesus with a Winnebago. You know, with all the bells and whistles. Right? No, 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 no. There's, there's only this, there's no first, second, and third class. There's just us. It's all coach. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, something I noticed today that I haven't noticed before, but they start with this in, over in Luke, it's the same story. They told him a certain young man. That's code in the ancient text for, you know this guy. In other words, he was probably in the early church. He followed, probably followed Jesus afterwards. How sad. Praise God, right? Anybody here took a few times? But don't you think he kicked himself a few times? Missing out on walking with Jesus in the flesh? He went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God for the rich, for the rich. That's also important for the rich. So apparently the rich and the powerful. Rich and powerful. And the disciples, the disciples were amazed at his words. Why? Because in their world and in ours, right? If you're getting rich and powerful, you must be doing something right. Well, some... <laughs> or who has the exact other idea? <laughs> right? Either way, they saw direct correlation between wealth and the blessing of God. Anybody want to see that? Well, how do I say this? You don't see it in other people, but you want to see it in you. You tracking with me? Like, I follow you, Jesus, so it should result in more Benjamins. 
All right. Nope, nope. Okay. He said, children. Why does he say children? You know, if you remember earlier, he said, unless you become as a little child, you can't enter or see the kingdom of heaven. Children. How hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, some people have made it this, that um, in the ancient world, they, um, after at night when the gates were closed, if you came up with your caravan, with uh, not your Dodge caravan, the uh, uh, one with camels and uh, not horses. Anyway, uh, you come in and there would be a door, a small door that called a postern gate. They had a small gate that they, you could get in because you didn't want to leave your camel unattended at night. You know, they're thieves and everything and they didn't have, you know, alarm system. And so, so what you would do though is a camel couldn't get through the door except on its knees. But even so it couldn't. Why? Because you ever seen a, a camel that's loaded down with stuff? The stuff couldn't get the door. So how do you think the camel could get through the door? Take the stuff off and go on bended knee. Get low and surrender all. Get low and surrender all. Get low and surrender all. Finally, one last passage. John chapter 10, Jesus talks about what it means to follow him. You guys have Bibles? Always good. John chapter 10, verse 2. He talks about the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. I know I'm starting in the middle. So in the ancient world, they would have, um, they would have a, um, uh, they would have a uh, rock wall. Uh, like corral for sheep and they would have a gate right they would have a gate and um and at night they would put all their sheep in there and then in the morning the shepherd would come and he would get his sheep said the the gatekeeper opens for him and the sheep listen to his voice he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. He calls them by name, and they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. If you want to fall down a rabbit hole on YouTube, just Google sheep and shepherd's voices. It's fascinating. Watched one video where there were three shepherds and all their sheep were intermingled. And uh, this was in some Arab country. And all of a sudden the one guy went, and it's like, out of the midst, a, a whole herd just separated itself and followed him. The other guy goes, and they all come right. The other half, I'm like, the last guy just had them all left and just took off. And they follow him. I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know what's even more amazing? Is many shepherds 
can literally call their sheep by name. They have hundreds of sheep. And they'll just go, they'll have like a particular whistle or a click. And they go, and the one will be like, oh yes, you call. It's amazing. If you've seen sheep, sheep are dumb. Gives us hope, doesn't it? And, and so, they, they're chicken. They do the same thing. Chickens, come on. This is going on down in, into verse 14. He says, I, Jesus, I am the good, the perfect shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, we can give all because he's given all. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one, to one, shep- and one shepherd. This is so important. You need to know that you can hear his voice. You need to know that you are hearing his voice. Come on. Um, I just, we, you and I talk about this a lot, Peter, that um, this whole category, I feel like, you know, it's easy to say, well, rich and powerful, well, I'm none of that, or whatever, moderately rich and powerful. Um, but the reality is we talk, I, 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 for myself, I see it a lot. Um, where I am, we talk about it, it's almost like saving Chuck E. Cheese coins, right? Who's been to Chuck E. Cheese, right? Or like some kind of place like that, right? Where you just, you just earn points, right? And you have, you know, played all these different games, right? Kids, like, you played all these different machines and all these different games, and you earned so many tickets, right? Or like coins or whatever. And you were like, okay, you were about to cash out for a big prize, right? Like, who's, like with your kids, maybe you've been there. Or, um, and this whole system, right? And whatever system we've bought into, right? If we've been cashing out tickets and earning points, it's very, very difficult to give up that system, right? Like we have spent, many of us, like decades in a system, right? Like those who have been like, for example, if you're working for a retirement and like all of a sudden that's yanked, right? You've put in years in a certain system for it to pay out. I, I, had a, I have a cousin who she worked 20 years for a company. A few weeks before she was going to, her pension was mm-hmm. going to realize they fired her. Stayed in a job she had no business being in. Right. So her whole Jack E. Cheese, uh, you know, whole little bundle was taken away. Right. And the reality is that what Jesus was inviting everyone in is to switch systems. Right. They were saving, you know, um, either monetarily or the righteous. They were doing all of their um, different uh, righteous acts or doing a religious thing. I mean, for us, I think more than anything, systems of thought of what we have really paid to, like we've bought the library, we have researched this, we have gone down this, this trail on like become religiously, experts become experts in an area. Like, you know, we always joke, like, 
we have several libraries that we had to abandon, right? Because we, we were trying to earn Chuck E. Cheese coins in a system that wasn't Jesus, right? And that's why I just look at the Pharisees and my heart grieves because I think I probably would be one of them. I mean, in all honesty, I would be the religious one looking at all the crazies going like, eh, I don't know, that looks very iffy. Like, I don't know, I think theologically they're way off. <laughs> like, I'm being honest, like who else is honest with me? Like you would be right there with the Pharisees like in church and like thinking, um, I really don't know about that guy. <laughs> like, yes, he has miracles, but there is a lot of like strange stuff going on too, right? And being like, <laughs> Like, there's women around him, like, questionable women. Like, I always, like, think about if, if, G, if the Instagram was going on during Jesus' times. Like, imagine the headlines. <laughs> right? Jesus was sin during, uh, um, seen. seen. <laughs> he was not sinning, no. <laughs> but, you know, but it appeared, right, that he was doing something completely off base with all these questionable women and questionable men and questionable drink and questionable food, right? Like, what the heck? And I think I would probably be the one going like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> like, this is very, very different. Like, this is going to take an adjustment. <laughs> like, well, like the, just to things. be honest, right? Like, let's, let's get honest. Like, I think I would have a problem with a lot of stuff. I'll be honest, what she said, I'd have more problem with his followers. Like, I like, would definitely have problem with the followers, well, but and, I would have problems with Jesus too. Well, and I love it. You know, you got Matthew the tax collector and you got Simon the zealot. The Simon zealot's sole goal in life was to kill Romans and Roman collaborators. What is Matthew? A Roman collaborator. You guys should go on a ministry trip together. <laughs> Matthew's like sleeping with one eye open. Like... I, I was thinking about this. The Lord just kind of whispered to me, to me today. He said, how many people do you think bowed out of being my disciples over offense towards other disciples? I can't go there. I can't be there because of them. Anybody change? Oh, wow. This Anybody <laughs> change their seats in church? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, no, no, but seriously, not seriously church, no, no but, but instead of fighting for, see, here's the deal. The closer you get to Jesus, the more the garbage shows up. Anybody found that to be true? The closer we get to the throne, the more the pettiness of our relationships comes to the surface. We either deal with it or run from it. And these disciples, men and women were the ones who said, Nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. But I'm just trying to paint a picture. I think we're trying to paint a picture of how much they had to overcome. I think it's easy to judge the Pharisees and say, well, if I was there, I would be in the front lines. I don't know. I really don't. I think I would have a lot of blocks to overcome. I mean, from where I'm standing. And I feel like just in my life, what Jesus is doing um, with me, with us, I feel like there's so many areas where I felt like he'd been calling me for years to step out, but it's been too scary, you know, or too uncomfortable, or something, 
something out of this list. Like I didn't understand, it was just too much. And I feel like I'm finally to the point in some of those areas where I've taken the step. And you know what, I think in those areas is where I see the most breakthrough. I mean, honestly. But I've had so many excuses for so many years. And I feel like this is what we are addressing right now is the excuses. One more that I just realized. None of these are Bible educated. I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Why do you think the Bible-educated were over here? We're a Bible-believing church. I just read to you from the Bible. <laughs> I love the Word. I, go, I want to know it. I want to memorize it all. Yeah? Uh, the Sermon on the Mount offended 90% of the Jewish population. For one phrase, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Yep. That, that offended the entire Jewish population outside of the, the, the people who had no idea. So why did them knowing the Bible keep them from following Jesus? Because of 100% of the text. What was the offense? They were wrong. <laughs> but if they had studied the Bible backwards and forwards, shouldn't they have followed Jesus? They, they followed the letter of the law, but not the heart of the law. The heart of the law was, was, was knowing I'm right with God. The letter of the law was knowing I'm right with my neighbor. So let me put it another way. Anybody here, you studied for your, your car, your driver's exam with the rules of the road yeah. book, but never got behind a wheel of a car? Anybody see a problem? Anybody realize you can't remember hardly anything from the rules of the road book, but you hopefully are a decent driver. I mean, you got here intact. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm stepping on some serious toes here. I know some people are like, you're like sitting on your feet at this point. I want you to hear me on this. You do not understand the word. Because if you do, you don't need Jesus. See, where we think we know, we cannot learn. We cannot discover. We cannot hear the voice of God. When I depend upon the written word rather than the voice, I am missing God. He, Jesus said, you study the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. Oh, I know the rules, and I know this, and I've memorized this, and I have this verse memorized. And Jesus is like, shut up and listen. And let me open that verse to you. Yes, 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 yes. Let me say to you, if you are a rich young ruler today, and maybe you're rich in Bible knowledge, but you do not know the God of the universe who wants to speak through you today, bring healing into the lives of others who wants to do incredible things, then please, would you consider laying your Bible upon the, upon the altar and say, Father, I do not understand. Help my lack of understanding. I, I know this is going to take it totally out of context, and some of you all are offended so far. You, it's okay. You've got to hear me. Nothing is more important than the voice of God. Why? Jesus died for you not to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, but for you to have a relationship with God, hearing his voice 24-7, walking with him and being obedient to him. That's it. Being one with other people. That's it. One with God and one with others. Don't get it twisted. Don't join some mission to do a bunch of other things other than to walk with God in obedience.
Yes, we need the word. The word. And we, we you know we're do. passionate about the word. Like, do not take it. Like. But I cannot tell you the number of times I'm talking with God about something. He goes, where have you read that? And I'm like, I don't know. And he like constantly offends my understanding of scripture. And if you ask me a question, I'm going to do the same thing with you. I'm like, let's go to the word. But we'll go to the word by listening to the voice of God. Now, some, hmm, you, who here... You began to hear God's voice and somebody started going, oh, 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 that's how you get messed up. That's how bad things happen. You, you're not legal to hear the word, voice of God yet. Anybody? No? Three? Okay. Blink twice. Okay. No, do you know what I'm saying? Or, or maybe you were led to have doubt about your ability to hear God because something bad happened. Or you had doubt about being able to hear God because you heard somebody who was super spiritual. Guys, Danya can hear my voice. As evidence, she just looked up as soon as I said her name. Let me tell you, I'm not a perfect dad by a long shot. But if I want to speak to her, guess what? She's going to hear. One way or another, she's going to hear. You can hear God's voice. You can hear his voice. On a Monday morning. Before your coffee. <laughs> or in a, in a difficult meeting at work, right? Because if, it's, if you can't hear it there, then all of this is not real. It could be at a Bible. It could be anywhere, right? But it's just starting to get confident that following him is, is this minute by minute, listening to his voice and st step by step obedience. Right? It's not just one time. They didn't just follow him one time and said, yes, Jesus, you know, prayed the sinner's prayer, got, you know, insurance from hell. Right? It's this moment to moment, listening to his voice. Okay, Jesus, what do you want me, who do you want me to talk to right now? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Right? Moment by moment, in every moment. It's a different kind of life. We're just learning to live it. I, I don't want to advertise that we completely know we are stepping into it. <laughs> like, I want to be real, right? No. Like, well, we are learning to live this. it. I want to say this is, first of all, those who it said, you know, that if, without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's trusting. But that he who comes to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? Allows himself to be found. As we are earnestly believing, God, I want to walk with you. But a lot of times we get this question like, well, what, what are the big reasons why we want to hear God's voice? Know we're in the right place? Know what to do, right? Confirmation. Who, who, is, who, do, who am I supposed to marry? Right? What stocks am I supposed to pick? You know, where am I? Like whatever big questions. Let me just tell you this. When you started to learn to ride, uh, drive a car, did your father and mother take you to downtown Atlanta with all the one-way streets at rush hour? Wow. Yeah, they did? Wow. Okay, that, wow. That's, just, that's abusive. That is just, I mean, my, my uncle, the way he taught my, my cousin to swim was by pushing him off a high dive. Needless to say, he was traumatized and he didn't learn to swim. Let me just say this. This is, God is a good God. He wants to walk with us in the little stuff. I remember I was so when I was a, about a teenager, and I was so longing to hear the voice of God. And, and what I did is, is I, was, I, I literally, I'd be like, Lord, what cereals should I choose? 
And you know what I love, Jesus? You know what he said? He said, I don't care. I'm just glad you want to do it with me. See, the point of hearing the voice is not to give information, but to walk with him. In relationship. Not to right? use him up like he's some sort of Google, but to walk with him. How, wouldn't it be horrible if our entire relationship was gimme, 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 gimme? What if I just use you for information? I don't know. Kind of... <laughs> you found him information. You'd probably be pretty happy with that. <laughs> no, no. No, but like our relationship is so many levels, right? Yeah. And the same with Jesus is we, I mean, he just wants to talk and be with us in every single step. What Every if you were reading step. the Bible, not because it's going to help you economically, give you wisdom in Proverbs. What if you're reading the Bible not to figure out how not to make mistakes? What if you're reading the Bible not in order to uh, make sure you did the right thing and didn't get zapped, wrapped on the wrist? What if you read the Bible because it was a love letter written by your lover? And you were desperate to hear more and to hear his voice and to know him and to just be, to feel his touch. What if that's why we read the word rather than to show ourselves approved, rather than to get Bible bucks, but rather to know him, to know him, to know him. But Bible bucks are good too. Anyway, sorry, our, 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 our Sunday school use them. But, but I'm serious. Do you see the fundamental difference between trying to pass a test and walking with him in love. He wants us to know him. That's So following Jesus, when Jesus said, follow me, that didn't mean sign up. You know, it wasn't like in the military, you know, in the military, you just, you sign on the dotted line. And then after that, you're not making any more choices, right? Um, no, follow him means if Jesus goes there, I go there. If Jesus goes there, I go there. Jesus says, go there, I go there. Following him is a moment-by-moment -moment life. I, and I remember several times, like, when do we get to coast? <laughs> never! In the same Not way, you never, you never get to coast in a relationship. Anybody notice that, true? When you coast in a relationship, that's when bad things happen. Truth? <laughs> Truth? Oh, I already know her. No! No! And in the same way, we're getting to discover God and walk with Him. He'll take us into new areas and exciting areas and scary areas. And he, but He will show Himself as good. But this is the deal. If we're going to follow Him, it's going to be a love relationship. It's not so we can be superstars. It's not so we can be amazing, you know, spiritual giants. But rather, so that we can be His children. Can I pray with everyone? Oh, they're going to need it. All right. <laughs> we'll just close our eyes for a minute and just do this little activation right now. Jesus. Just imagine yourself in a place with Jesus. Just a beautiful, safe place and just imagine him with you there. Just kind of look around and just see where Jesus is. And then just ask him, Jesus, what burden am I carrying that you have not invited me into? Hmm. 
And then just imagine yourself giving that to Jesus. And just see what he does with it. And then just ask him, Jesus, what are you inviting me into in this season? Where do you want me to follow you to in this season of my life, this day, this week? Where are you calling me to go where I've never been? I'm just asking Jesus, Jesus. can I trust you? To hold my hand as I step into this new thing that you're calling me to. If the worship team can come up, um, I feel like this is a really, really powerful place to just stay with Jesus for a minute as we stand and start worshiping. Just keep asking him questions about um, what he's calling you to, where he's calling you to follow him, how, um, what he wants you to know about it. Just keep asking him questions and just keep receiving from him. Let's stand. Father, we thank you because you're good and you're worthy of our praise.